Crestview Baptist Church. I am so glad to see everyone this morning. Thank you for choosing to come worship with us. It is a beautiful day outside. It was a beautiful day yesterday. Very welcoming after all the rain we've had this week, which we know we needed the rain. But I am glad to see the sun shining. Uh, I don't have a lot of announcements for you. I would love to welcome you. If you're, if you're a visitor, we especially welcome you and invite you to fill out a visitor card in the pews in front of you and drop it in the offering plate uh, just so we can get to know a little bit more about you. Um, Artie's going to share something with you about our picnic here in a little bit. Just don't forget about our uh, Wednesday night services. Uh, don't forget next this coming Saturday we will not have a breakfast due to the 4th of July uh, holiday weekend. We will pick back up in August. So if you come to eat breakfast next Saturday, you will be the only one here. So stop and pick a biscuit up on the way. Um, there is a business meeting uh, after service today. It'll be a short business meeting and just uh, get to look at some things. So uh, stick around for that if you can. Um, Bible school is coming up in less than 30 days now. I'm going to be up here some during the week cutting cardboard and getting some things ready. Um, if you're interested in helping in Bible school, please let me know. Uh, if you're interested in helping doing some of the decoration stuff, uh, please, please let me know and I'll reach out and I'll let you know sometimes we're going to be up here and working on some of our decorations and things like that. Um, I don't think I have any more announcements. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Artie and I just invite you to Focus our hearts on the Lord this time. Good morning. Did you about fall? Okay. He went down that step a, a little quick. Okay. Here's the situation. Because of the rain and everything that we've had this past week, we made the decision Wednesday night that if it rained Thursday, that we wouldn't have the, the fellowship at the creek and we'd move it up here. It did rain Thursday, but it didn't rain hardly anything on Friday. It did not rain anything at all yesterday, and it's not going to rain today. So we took a couple of trips down at the creek, and it is in good shape. In fact, I was told to give you this message. You ready? There are a bunch of people that went down there and mowed yesterday. One of them included Jerry and Lisa Murray, and they raked the entire picnic area. And Jerry said this, if a one-legged man, one man can get around down there, those of you that have two legs and some of you with four legs, you can get around down there. So guess what? Our picnic at the creek is on again and we will be down there. But what we need is this. This is a church-wide fellowship. What we are seeing happening with our fellowships is that a handful of people come and get set up Everybody up shows up, enjoys the fellowship, and then leaves, leaving, in most cases, that same few that set up 
to clean up. So this is what we're asking. That if you, if you could, could, some of you could come early. Get with Terry. If you're able to come early, get with Terry. There are things that we've got to take down there. Um, we've got to move the generator down there. We're asking you to get here by 5.30 to help get everything down there and get it set up so everybody else and we can start at 6. And then asking you to help stay and clean up so it's not all on the same people. Because like I said, this is a church-wide fellowship. Now remember, bring your chairs. Bring food to share. We're going to go home and Ginger's making homemade chicken nuggets that we're going to be bringing. And no, we're not saving any for anybody that, has, that lives in our house. You got, you got, <laughs> I saw that her lean forward says, Get, save me some. Okay? But we're going to have, we're, so we're going to have food. Come enjoy the fellowship. Yes, sir. Okay. And we got to get the cornhole boards and take down there. So, uh, and then we got to take all the cups and plates and everything else down there. So please come help and enjoy the time. The, another announcement that we have is we are starting the process with the nominating committee. There's forms out there. We want to put the right people in the right positions. If you could fill out a form that Joy has out there, it's at the Welcome Center, right, Joy? If you could fill out a form, it's just a, a survey of where you would be interested in helping, please fill that out and get it to, to the nominating committee. Also, if you are willing to serve without having to be asked, if you're willing to serve in a certain capacity, See Joy. See the nominating committee. Volunteer. Also, if you know of a member that is just waiting to be asked to do something, go ask them if you could turn their names in to do that. And then give those names to the personnel committee or the nominating committee. Because I'm going to tell you, The more you put in to your Christian walk and into the church, the more you get out of it. You can't just sit back and take. You've also got to give back. So thank you for that. And that is all the announcements I have. Um, and at this time, if you'd please join me in prayer as we begin our time of worship together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, thank you for what you are doing. Dear Lord, I thank you for where we see you every day meeting the needs of your people. Dear Lord, I am so thankful to be in a church that we are willing to pray for each other. We're willing to give to each other. Dear Lord, help us to continue that without growing tired. Dear Lord, as we come together today to worship your name. Dear Lord, I can't stop to think about 
the rainbow we saw Friday evening. And how in our world today, that has come to to mean so many different things. But dear Lord, what it means to us that know you is a sign of your promise. And dear Lord, even in the midst of storms, your promise shines brightly. And dear Lord, I can't help but think that the, the fact that the rainbow is actually a reflection of light. And you tell us that you are the light of the world. Dear Lord, we love you so much. We ask that you have your way with us today, that you receive all the honor and glory that's from everything that is said, everything that is done. And dear Lord, may the gospel be proclaimed today. And may lives be changed because we have been in the presence of God. Have your way with us today. And may you receive all the honor and glory for it. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing our call to worship, 447, Trust and Obey. And we'll sing the first and the fourth verses. And then after our hymn, we will have our time of giving of our gifts and offerings as we have some special music sang during that time. 447, Trust and Obey.
Dear God, we just thank you so much for this time together. We thank you so much for all your blessings. We just pray that you will bless these tithes and offerings and that they will go to do your work around the world and help us to be your witnesses uh, and not just um, give our money, but to give our hearts and our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand again as we sing our hymn of praise, number 448, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. We will sing all three verses, 448.
Come down forward this morning. All right, y'all go ahead and have a seat. Got a question. What do you guys... It might die, it might fall over, 
because the roots hold it up, right? What about a tree in the yard? You didn't have roots pulling out of the tree. It's going to fall over. It might die, yeah. And so, God, we're supposed to be rooted in God's Word. So if I say we're supposed to be rooted in God's Word, what do you think that means? Trust God's Word. We're supposed to be in it all the time. This is where we get our nutrients, our knowledge, our, our the things we know and we understand about Jesus. We get it from God's Word. I talked about it with my big kids this morning. And I said, if we don't know God's Word and we're not rooted in God's Word, somebody can tell us something that, that they say, oh, well, uh, God says we should do this. And if you don't know God's Word and you're not rooted in God's Word, you might say, oh, okay, well, what if they tell you something that's not really in the Bible? Even if somebody tells me something, and I like to listen to the preachers on, like, on podcasts and on radios, and if I hear something, and I, and I, and I have, I heard stuff from preachers, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. I'll go back and I look, look at it myself, and I make sure that what I'm listening to and what I'm being taught is in God's Word. I promise you, Anything that I teach you, and I can assure you, anything that preacher artist stands up here and preaches you is going to come straight out of God's Word, not out of something we made up. But that's not always the case. So it's important to be rooted in God's Word. Be sure you're reading your Bible. Be sure you're studying. Be sure you're listening to God. Because the world we live in is going to try to tell you, you can do this, you can do that. You can do what you want to do. God tells us different. God tells us to follow Him. And the only way to be sure that we're following God the way we're supposed to do is do what? We're supposed to be reading our Bible. We're supposed to stay, repeat me, say, rooted in God's Word. Say it together. Rooted in God's Word. I didn't hear you now. Rooted in God's Word. And so that's what we're going to talk about today when we go out to children. We're going to talk about what it means and how we can be rooted in God's Word. So we're going to pray and we're going to sit down and we're going to go out and have the children. Okay? Let's bow our heads. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these guys and girls who are up here. Help us to stay rooted in your word. Help us to listen to you and study our Bible and study your word so we know when we hear things that maybe not lie up with you, Lord, but we can know the difference. It's something you tell us to do and something the world tells us to do. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Thank you, choir. There are a couple of things. One is that song always fakes me out. That false ending right there with that long hold and then the pause. You guys sang that at the hymn fest at one time and everybody started clapping and then you started singing again and they didn't know what to do. <laughs> and then the second thing is Chad's children's sermon was true that we had to be rooted in God's Word, but I couldn't help but notice the fact that he's still able to squat down like that. If I'd have tried to get down like he did there to talk to those kids, 
every deacon in this church would have had to come help me stand back up. Or I'd have just had to roll over here and climb up on one of these. I mean, that, that, those days are gone. But if you haven't been coming to Bible study on Wednesday nights, we are going through James. Verse by verse through the book of James. And so, two weeks ago, we covered the section in James chapter 1 about being hearers or doers. And so that's the title of today's sermon. And I hate to admit it, but this guy on the left here, he could... I've seen that in this church. Not naming any names, but I have seen it. And so there's been a couple of times I heard it, if you know what I mean by that. And then over on the right, that little guy is not so little anymore. But that's when we went and, and I'm here in our church. That is my son Timothy that's the, the, the man giant now. When we went and fed the homeless at First Baptist. So, hearers, doers, what are we? If you would turn to James chapter 1, verses, we're going to look at verses 22 through 27. <clears throat> James chapter 1, verses 22 through 27. And if you stand. As I read this, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks in at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man shall be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. This is, a, is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God. And Father, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Let's pray. Blessed Heavenly Father, we come before You just asking You to bless the reading of Your Word. Speak through me today that we may know that we've received God's Word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, the first point I want to make is this, is that Jesus wants doers, not just hearers. Look again at verse 22. But prove yourself doers of the Word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. What does that say? What does that mean? 
We must receive God's words as doers. I've told you this many times. I tell my kids. I explain to them as teenagers. There is a big difference between hearing and listening. You can hear something, but you may not even recognize what you're hearing. When I'm telling my children to go do something, and they sit there, and do not get up and go do what I've asked them to do. Actually, I didn't ask. I told them to. I say, are you listening to me? They say, yes, I hear you. But you're not listening. Because I just said, get up from where you are and go do this. And you're still sitting there. You heard me, but you didn't listen. Because... Listening always results in action. Always. You don't believe me. Husbands, have a conversation with your wives. If you don't listen, you're not going to do anything. But if you listen... I guarantee you it's going to be something that you need to fix, change, or do. Wives, am I lying? Be honest. No. And we men get in a habit of we sit there and just, just hear her talking, but we don't listen to what she's actually saying. And I'm guilty of that. But Jesus wants us to be doers and not just hearers. See, it was a common in the ancient world for people to hear a teacher. Just like Chad said, he likes listening to all these podcasts of these preachers and everything. That they, they like to, to listen or hear a, a teacher teach. And if you follow the teacher and try to live what he said... You were called a disciple of that teacher. See, that, that's what made the twelve that got Jesus called disciples because when He said, come follow Me, they just didn't hear what He had to say. What did they do? They dropped everything and followed Him. They left everything and followed Him. They listened to what He had to say. They listened to what He taught and they applied it. And they, they did what he was, they were being taught. That made them the disciples. They weren't just hearers. And here's one thing that I, I need to share with you. It's not in these notes, but I do need to share this with you. That word merely, I looked it up, and the Greek word, please don't ask me to pronounce it because it's a long word. But it literally means Alone, without a companion. And I could not help. I even told Nancy this while I was when I was preparing this. I said, Nancy, do you realize what this word means? We look at it and it's just merely. 
just a here. But the Greek literally means without a companion. What does Jesus promise us when He leaves? He promises us to have a comforter, a companion that will never leave us. What's that verse saying? It's not just merely a hurt hearer. It is somebody that listens to the Word but does not have the companion with them, the Holy Spirit with them. That verse by itself tells me that you cannot have Jesus Christ as your Savior and only be a hearer because you have no companion. That one little word. And Jesus made this same comment. You may not realize that He said it, but He did. Jesus made this same point with a very stern warning in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21-23 through 23 says this, Not everyone that says to Me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Who does it say will enter? Those who do what? That they do the will of the Father. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did, you not, did we not prophesy in Your name? And in Your name cast out demons? And in Your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Be a lot of surprised people on that day. I know there's going to be. There's going to be surprised people thinking that their name on a church roll meant that they were getting to heaven. Means that there were people that stood behind pulpits and preached, thought they were going to heaven. But they never knew Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Their hearing never resulted in action on their part and obeying Christ. I also know there's going to be some that are surprised because there's some people there that they didn't expect to be there because they weren't good enough. But I hate to break it to you people. There's none of us good enough. We talked about that on Wednesday night too, didn't we? Our, our righteousness are as filthy rags. The best we can do on our own are as filthy rags. But Jesus makes all the difference. Because when God looks at us through the blood of Jesus Christ, He doesn't see our filthy rags. He sees a sinner saved by grace. Someone that's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And just like that night of Passover, when the angel passed over, and when they saw the blood, they kept going. 
He's going to look at us and He's going to see the blood of Jesus Christ. And He's going to say, Welcome home, my child. We have to be doers. Now look at this. James and Jesus both. James, examples of hearers only. Somebody that's only a hearer. They they sit in the pew every Sunday. They sit here on Wednesday night and they don't apply what they're hearing. They're only hearers. James gives an example of a man looking in a mirror. Verse 23 and 24, For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. James literally says that if you're here only, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror. And as soon as you turn your back and walk away, you forget what you look like. That's a very practical Description of someone that's just a hearer. As long as you're looking at it, you're fine. But as soon as you walk away and go to do something else, you forget who you are. You forget what you look like. You forget what type of person you are. This ancient Greek word translates, translated observing or, or looking has the idea of careful scrutiny. Careful scrutiny. But you can study, but unless you apply it to the point where it affects you to do something, it does you no good. Then Jesus gives an example of a man building a house on a foundation of sand. Go back to Matthew chapter 7, verses 26 through 27. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and great was its fall. Being a hearer only results in us not having a firm foundation. You know, I remember when we were in Wake Forest at the seminary and we had that, was it Hurricane Fran that came through, Ginger? We had two hurricanes that came in back to back. And in fact, one of them came in, went back out to sea and came in again. Um, The ground was soaked with water. It literally felt like you were walking on a sponge. These huge oak trees. Their roots didn't go deep. They were superficial. They went out, but they didn't go deep. Huge oak trees that had been there for a hundred plus years. And that ground was saturated. When that second hurricane came through, guess what happened to every single one of those big, huge oak trees? They fell over. And their roots stuck 20 to 30 feet in the air with these huge holes 
because it was superficial. They didn't go deep. They went out. That's the same thing. Chad says that we have to be rooted in the, in the Word. We have to know what God's Word says. We can't just be hearers. We've got to apply it. We can't be superficial. We have to go deep and dig. And we have to be grounded or else we're going to fall. And then examples of doers of the Word. James gives the example of a man that has absorbed God's Word that results in action. Look at verse 25. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. On Wednesday night, we talked about the, the reason they call this the perfect law, the law of liberty, is because in the scientific method, something that has been tested time and time again and has been proven time and time again, it becomes a law. Like the law of gravity. The law of gravity, not getting into deep, but it has to do with an object and the and everything, but basically what it says is that what, must, what goes up does what? Must come down. That is why you have these small people that can jump and they can go, go high. I jump, I go about that far because my mass and the earth's mass are too close together and, it likes, and my, my mass likes being on the ground. The law of gravity. It's called a law because it has been proven and tested and reproven time and time again. So what is this law of liberty? This perfect law? It is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. It has been tested. Thousand years it's been tested. And it has been proven time and time again. That Jesus Christ changes lives. It is not a theory. It is not a hypothesis. It is not wishful thinking. It is the law of liberty. The perfect law. The law of God's grace. There's no changing it. There's no ratifying it. There's no amending it. It is what it started out to be and it will keep being that way. The perfect law. We can only have our lives changed through accepting the free gift of Jesus Christ. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact that we cannot do it on our own. And it takes more than us just sitting in a church pew or having our names on a Sunday school roll. It has to do with the fact that we get to a place in our life that we realize that we are sinners and it's only the blood of Jesus Christ that can change that. 
And it calls us to action. It makes us be doers instead of just hearers. Now let's look and see what Jesus says. Jesus gives the example of a man building his house on the foundation of the rock. I want you to notice something as we read this. I've told you many times that there is no indefinite article in Greek. In the Greek, ancient Greek language, there's no indefinite article. So there's no word for like a or an. That, does, that word doesn't exist in the Greek language. But there is a definite article. The. That exists. There is a word for thee. Notice what this says. Verses in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 and 25. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on what? The rock. Not a rock. The rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Being called to action by the Word of God and obediently doing gives us a firm foundation. We sing a song. On the solid rock I stand. Everything else is sinking sand. Who is the solid rock? You guys can talk back. Who's the solid rock? Jesus Christ. The only one. The only one. You guys realize that all these other religious leaders throughout history, they said things like, I don't know what truth is. I don't know the truth. Look for the truth. They all said that. But Jesus Christ says, I am the truth. I am the way. No man comes to the Father but by Me. In their last days, all these other religious leaders admitted they didn't know all the answers. They didn't have the answers. They didn't know what the truth was. They had been looking for their entire life and they didn't know what it was. And Jesus says, I'm right here. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Me. He is the rock. And when we are doers of the Word, we take what we hear and we apply it to our lives and we set our foundation on Jesus Christ and it makes us do something. We are not satisfied with just sitting and listening. We do. Now here's a final comparison between hearers and doers that James makes. Verses 26 and 27. If anyone thinks himself to be religious, and I want to make this point right here. <clears throat> There's only a few 
times that the word religious or religion is used in the New Testament. And every time it's used, there's not a good connotation that goes along with it. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Now there's a few things that I need to point out here. James just explains in these verses that, that real religion is not shown by hearing the Word, but by doing it. And that one way to bridle, one way to do God's word is to bridle your tongue. What James is saying here, he's just giving this one example of, of doing God's word. But what he's saying is that, that if you claim to have a relationship with Christ and it's not affecting what you do. Your faith is worthless. Your religion, that's all you have is religion and it's worthless. And then I need to point out that your walk with is useless if it does not translate into the way you live and the way you treat others. It requires action. It requires change. A real walk with God shows itself in simple, practical ways. It helps the needy and keeps itself unstained by the world's corruption. Now church, this is one thing that I need to point out to you. The idea that is not that a Christian retreats away from the world. We don't remove ourselves from society. Jesus never intended His disciples to pull away from society. To pull away from the world and hide out. He did not create us. He did not save us to hold up within these four walls. He created us to go out into the world to change the world through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And we can't do that if we're held up. Now I want to make one thing clear. I have no issues, issues whatsoever with homeschooling. We homeschooled our own children for a while. I have no issues with that. I have no issues with the primary socialization happening within the church. I have no issues with that. What I have issue with is that when Christians feel that they are too good to go out and reach people for the, for, with the Gospel of Jesus Christ because those people aren't like us. Hate to break it to you. But there was a time in our lives that we weren't like us either. 
Because unless I'm misreading what the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were all sinners. The only difference between us and the world is that we have been saved through the grace of God. We are not perfect. We are forgiven. And we need to remember that. James tells us, you're not supposed to retreat from the world. You're supposed to be involved in the world. You're supposed to be there. But you're supposed to stay unstained by the world. In other words, we're supposed to be affecting society for Jesus Christ instead of letting society affect us for the world. And the only way we can do that is by being rooted in the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 28, go out into this world to make disciples. When Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, He says, After you have received power, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus wants us out there. He wants us to be doers. Taking what we learn in God's Word and applying it to our lives and going out and teaching others and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to hate to say this too, but it means that we're going to have to get out of our nice clean church and we're going to have to get out there into the dirty streets and do something. That's not me saying it. That's God's Word saying it. Here's my challenge, church. Are we... Are we content knowing what God's Word says? That if we're just hearers, we're, we're, we're deluding ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. It's not real. Or are we going to be doers? Are we going to take what we hear, apply it, and go out and do? The choice is yours. We are now at the time of our invitation. And the invitation is this. Are you listening to what God's telling you to do? Whatever it is He's telling you to do, don't leave this place without doing it. If He's telling you to go talk to somebody, go talk to somebody. You're not going to disturb me. If He's telling you that you need to know me as your personal Savior, please listen to Him. There are people all over this 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 sanctuary that would love to tell you how to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you are looking for a church home, we would love to have you come part of our fellowship. Whatever it is God's telling you to do, do it today as we sing this song. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, page 287, Take My Life Lead me, Lord. Hey. 
be seated. Laura and Kenneth, come here. Come on up here. This is Laura Ledford and her son Kenneth Ledford, and they have been visiting for, uh, well, for a month or so, a little, little over a month since the end of May, and um, they are coming today to unite with our church on a transfer of letter from Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Shelby. And uh, we are glad to have them. Uh, many of you may know Laura. She used to work at uh, Alston. Bridget, yes, somebody knew that. So uh, if you're excited about them coming and becoming part of our church fellowship, let me hear a hearty amen. amen. Okay, so... Uh, you guys can go back to your seats if you'd like to. And what we will do is at the end of the service, after our business meeting, we'll have you guys come and join me outside and have everybody come by and shake hands and everything else. Okay. Thank you. Um, don't forget Fellowship at the Creek. If you can help set up, please be here at 530. Um, and just be ready to have, have a good time. Bring your chairs. Um, I think somebody beat Terry a while back, but it's been, he needs to be beat again at Cornhole. So come and, and be ready to do that. And we are going to have a short business meeting. I don't think it's going to be too long, is it? Shouldn't be too long. But I'm going to ask Jay, Jim if he will come as the, our deacon of the week. Dismiss us in prayer from our service and begin our, our business meeting. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for another beautiful day to be in your house. Thank you for bringing Kenneth and Laura to us. And we ask that you continue to bless us with <clears throat> more and more, more and more souls to our, our congregation. Help us to be a, a better witness for you in this world. And we just pray that you'd help us be good messengers and deliver our message. For it's in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>